0: On the next episode of Sip Suds, and Smokes.
1: Today's episode is actually going to celebrate one of our co-hosts on our 10th season of Sip Suds, and Smokes. That is just absolutely crazy, you know, that we've done 10 years of this. So I'm so pleased to have, you know, Reverend Mark here. You know, I was starting to think about this. Do you ever recall how we first met? Well, yeah, of course, of
0: you course, did. I mean, well, yeah, yeah, I mean, we first met, kind of mid, brown, mid-80s,
1: huh? mid-80s. But yeah, yeah, it's been 40 years. It's yeah. just yeah. absolutely insane. It has you know? been.
0: I was calculating, I'm saying 35
1: plus, 35 I mean, plus. Yeah, I mean. Coming I,
0: in on 40.
1: Uh, we are drinking today, oh, by the way. Uh, we're going to chat about some of the beers that we're going to have, you know, along the way. Um, so... I've pulled some things from the cellar. You know, we've had some fresh local beer. You know, to here, and you actually brought some homebrew, which is cool. I did.
0: We'll be right back after this break.
2: Get ready to learn everything you ever wanted to know and a whole lot that you didn't. It's time for a Chats episode.
1: Hey, welcome to this Chats episode of Sip, Sudden, and Smokes, where everything good in life is worth discussing. I'm one of your hosts here. This is good old boy, Mike, and joining me here at Stable for this Chats episode is Reverend Mark. Hey, everybody. So good to be here, Mike. <laughs> Well, our chat segments are all about people behind the products or services that we talk about here on Sip, Sudden, and Smoke. Now, today's episode is actually going to celebrate one of our co-hosts on our 10th season of Sip, Sudden, and Smoke. That is just absolutely crazy, you know, that we've done 10 years of this. So I'm so pleased to have, you know, Reverend Mark here. We don't, you know, we've never done it this way before. Who'd have
0: known 10 years? My
1: gosh. (laughs) It's just crazy. It's crazy great so mark and i actually created the very first episode of sip Sides, and smokes and i think we featured about 487 different stout beers on we that. did as i can recall from that long foggy afternoon <laughs> so we actually recorded that episode in reverend mark's dining room which sounded pretty much like a concrete cave on some gear that uh, that I was using at the time that was really worthy of like a fourth grade piano recital. It was just so bad. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And then the mechanical clock also was like, t- t- you had a lot of really good ambient noise <laughs> I inside the house. About too. That. Yeah, yeah, right.
1: Yeah, there was just a lot <laughs> of things going on. Yeah. So uh, to say that I actually had. No experience as an audio engineer or producer is such a far cry. So I was so ashamed of how that, how uh, the audio quality of that episode was so bad. I actually pulled it from our back catalog. So I may actually throw it back up just for a little while, just so people, if they want to go back and listen to it during season 10, they can actually appreciate just how far we've come, you know, uh, since that period of time. But you know, just yeah, to uh, you know, say that we absolutely had no clue what we were doing is just yeah. such an understatement. We were kind of like South Park uh, using the flannel figures right at first, right? The- <laughs> correct. That's a good way of describing it. You know, with uh, I can see Kenny in, in that you know, in that situation <laughs> for sure. You know, but uh, it really kind of evolved. Um, you know, it turned out to be a fairly innovative you know, style show, Um, and it kind of developed, you know, into a vision of whatever the show is today. I don't know what that vision is. I'm still waiting for it. I just take another sip and move on to the next episode. That's about, you know, the extent sometimes of our planning, but you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Well, and then the show has accelerated
0: along with the uh, proliferation of great beer across this country, too. So you
2: It's know. nice that, you yeah. know,
1: we've kind of been able to experience, you know, both of those things, you know, all at the same time. And, you know, as we've grown, so, so has, you know, a lot of the products, you know, that we have talked about and discussed. And some of them actually have kind of gone through a cycle, you know, as well, mm-hmm. of both… Uh, Coming around, kind of fading away. I'm looking for the fade away part of hard seltzer. <laughs> yeah. That would, that would I'd work. I'd like to see some.
0: That would work for me. Some, air, so, some uh, s- space, you know, in
1: our grocery stores, you know, open up for something more interesting. Yeah. Do we really need an entire aisle for InBev products? You know, definitely not for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I was starting to think about this. Do you ever recall how we first met? Well, yeah, of course, of you course. Didn't. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, we
0: first met because you were best friends with Brian, who uh, was yeah, I mean, your your best friend from high school beyond, and he uh, was uh, a guy who would soon would become my brother in law. It was unbeknownst to me at the time yeah. when I first knew Brian, but I was uh, had just been a, a assigned to a church uh, as an associate. And he and his family were there, and then of course a, a little bit later on down the line, I met his sister Elaine, and we were married. And so that's kind of how obviously we we and, so, you're, and you were you were very much family. I mean, Mike is family.
1: <laughs> so it was actually a little bit before that. It was it was yeah. before that. It was yeah, before because, we married. Yeah. yeah. Um, so actually, the uh, the first time we met was when you and Terry were both in seminary. Right and uh, you had you had spent some time. Um, uh, we had all spent some time together, you know, at at, at that point, and uh, we were working on youth ministry, you know, elements kind of across the board, and uh, it wasn't too early, much earlier than you know, really um you know the time um it's kind of mid, Brian, mid 80s mid 80s but yeah, yeah it's been 40 years it's yeah. just yeah. absolutely insane it has you know? been
0: i was calculating i'm thinking 35 plus 35 I mean,
1: plus yeah i mean coming I, in on 40 i don't know about you but i don't have a lot of friends that have been around that long that i really enjoy still being around I, yeah exactly
0: <laughs> it's it, it's 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 the truth and it feels really good to have. I mean, the continuity with the show is just another just part a, of it. But
1: uh, it's just icing on the cake. It's the beer that binds us together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, it is very crazy. You know, uh, to think that um, I, we've just, I just, so many countless moments that we've had together. That uh, I've just are so indescribable i mean you know we've just done so many amazing things over that 40 years um i've mean, gone to places that are just you know it's like you could tell people those experiences and they would just never believe it's like yeah. you were there you know at that yeah. moment um <laughs> that crazy moment at avery you know doing the episode in the back you know where we did the uh The Michael Jackson songs and and it was just so loud you know in the middle of GABF it was just absolutely insane and the guys cutting the hair you know like next door in the garage you know (laughs) while we were there um yeah. And the muffler shop next door that you know just contributed all this lovely ambient noise in the middle of that episode. I mean, you know,
0: yeah. And, and actually, I mean, and we, we were actually bringing to, you know, our listening audience, uh, sort of, uh, minute by minute, day by day, uh, insights into what the GABF ripples out into.
1: Yes. You know, but I definitely remember the drive up there and you and I were absolutely, we were listening to Pink Floyd. <laughs> and so the name of that, uh, the name of that episode was wish you were here because Uh we were actually listening to that album as we were driving up to Avery. My favorite
0: Pink Floyd album. It really is. (laughs) Yeah. That was a pretty wild day for sure.
1: Yeah. So it's, and it's been nice because even, you know, a lot of the people during those very early moments of you and I getting to know each other are still around us, you know, in a point of continuity, which, you know, for the most part, it's, that's pretty rare you know that you would be around a lot of people you know for that long a period of time it's just kind of unusual in this day and age and you know, a kind of a very transactional moment
0: i know i know i mean it's 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 kind of the core of people that really remind you of what your
1: purpose is here you know yes uh, and and we're gonna get to your purpose here you know pretty soon, Amen.
2: soon, <laughs> Amen, of course, man. All right. That's right. It's all right. Let's loose these folks now. Hallelujah! Right. Lord, we pray now that you'll loose
1: these. Oh. So, how many episodes did you think we would make when we first started? Well, you know,
0: I mean, I I really had no idea because I mean, podcasts were still relatively new. I mean, you know, they they were, uh-huh. hit, but but so I had no idea, you know, the reach of that kind of technology and you know just just from like we're out there vying in a market that was just opening up um you know and i think that every every episode was an experiment too and so we thought you know okay that's a wrap i guess let's see if we can get back and make this happen (laughs) it's like watching
1: a swan dive in concrete you know but in an audio perspective
0: and I can't say that we had low expectations, as in, you know, when we came to the table, you know, we were prepared, and the, you know, the lion's share that work you know, you know, always, you know, went to you, and still does. But I mean, we were prepared, and yet we. Still, at least I'm just speaking for myself now. Didn't really keep my expectations all that high, you know. I mm-hmm. just I want to I want to I want to give it my best and let's see how it goes and if people are responding.
1: So I don't know if you remember. So the the bet was on between Jim and I, uh, you know, because uh, Jim and I uh, were the ones that were talking about kind of the the fact that uh, click and clack were going off the air. And that was the whole impetus of us even doing anything, you know, at that point in time. And I had, uh, after I'd thought about it a little bit and kind of come up with at least some conceptual elements, you know, I bet Jim that we wouldn't last more than 10 episodes. And he said, oh, yeah, this thing is fully baked in your head. It's going to last for a lot longer than 10 episodes. And so I lost the bet. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and uh, I, I really... I didn't think that I'd get us on the radio, let alone, you know, even distributing as a podcast wasn't even, you know, part of the original part of the equation, you know, it was more about just Mm -hmm. frankly finishing one episode and, and doing maybe about five or 10 to actually be on a radio station. So I was, it's pretty strange, you know, that, yeah, that, yeah, we just shoved like episode, you know, five, you know, 50 out the door, you know, this week. So. It's pretty crazy.
0: Yeah, but me being just myself, focused mostly on beer with sips, suds, and smokes. I mean, I started seeing, gosh, this this does have great potential. Yeah, Uh and I have sat in on a couple of uh the smoke episodes and other things. So, yeah, it's been it's been a great surprise.
1: Yes, it has been. You know, the whole way. I I don't know if I want to call it the best bet that I've ever lost, but maybe that, yeah. <laughs> that might be well, the way that I would describe. Certainly it, one of them. You know, for sure. So. Well, uh, we're going to have a lot more to talk about here in uh, the next segment, and I look forward to talking about your day job. Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> Amen. 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 Welcome back to you, subsided Smokes. Lord, Lay those hands <laughs> on the radio,
1: folks. <laughs> We're going to bring it to you here for the next forty-five minutes. We're going to talk about with Reverend Mark. And here. if you if you'd like, I'll 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 show you how to speak in tongues. <laughs> I can uh, do that. Oh, those people were definitely uh, they were moving <laughs> to that that point for sure. Well, you know we've uh, we've had so much fun uh, on this show. Uh, we are drinking today, <laughs> by the way. Uh, we're going to chat about some of the beers that we're going to have, you know, along the way. Um, so. I've pulled some things from the cellar. You know, we've had some fresh local beer, you know, to here. And you actually brought some homebrew, which is cool. Uh, I did. So uh, let's start with the Grand Cru. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I want to. So tell them about this beer.
0: Okay, this this is uh, kind of a, an homage to Pierre Celis, uh, And to this day, uh, although Celis Brewery's been bought out, they're still around in Austin. And this is a seasonal beer that they produce. Uh, maybe the shortest way to describe it is it's kind of a hoe garden on steroids. It's basically a, a wit beer, high gravity. And uh, I finished mine off with, um, of course, the coriander and orange peel. But then I also add added pink peppercorn and chamomile flour.
1: Yeah, and I was totally getting all of that. Um, I have to say that I thought the peppercorn was the thing that was a bit, you know, forward on this. And uh, I love that though. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm-hmm. really, uh, you know, you don't hear a lot of a lot of brewers using that, and uh, I love it. It's such a great compliment. They're
0: kind of like little tiny cranberries
1: yeah you know with they the, are with, with some real a little bit of sting to them it's a solid four for me yeah very but nice anyway, so um, i've had a lot of batches of your grand crew and we were actually talking about you actually made this at blackstone back in the day and actually took this i, I don't did. think did you take this from the gabf i did okay. because it was it was uh, a pro-am beer okay. that won
0: won the contest and then so it did it did make it to gbf Although that particular year, I didn't personally get to go there, but my beer did.
1: Yeah, I don't think that the other batches of Grand Cru that I remember were quite the sweet mm-hmm. um, on the finish. So, um, so I, you know, I think you set yourself up by I think some of the other batches you've done in the past were a little bit better than this. That's yeah. All. yeah, yeah,
0: this one has honey, a lot of honey in it, and I think even though some of it fermented out, you got some residual sweet there. And I have to say this this beer also is is my wife's favorite, at hmm. least so far. Oh, cool. Of the beers that she has sampled to mine.
1: Well, I know we talked a lot of, about a lot of things on this show. What are some of your most memorable moments? Oh, you mean in terms of the,
0: uh, with the
1: beer? Uh, yeah, yes. with anything, you know. Either things that you did or things that I did or that other people did. Wow. Well, you know, I think
0: I what's what's we were kind of getting into this initially about, you know, as we started things out, what was, what was so memorable to me the first couple of years. uh, And I'm thinking of different, different venues, places that we played your, you know, my, my dining room, your back porch, your back deck with (laughs) with with, with, with the lawnmower going on, you know, that everything was really very kind of ad hoc in terms of, we just put things together and went with it. Now everything was written out and thought through, but there was just kind of this, uh, you know, shooting from the hip kind of thing that went on at first in terms of how we put it together, and huh. and we were kind of at the mercy of of uncontrollable e- elements around us. So you're saying so,
1: doing a blind of. Uh Uh, What did we do, like 32 different uh, triples or the Belgians or what did we do? Oh, those were IPAs. We did like 47 IPAs blind. Bad idea. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I, I think that, you know, of course, our experiences at GABF were, you know, were wonderful. You know, we we just got into the one at Avery, but there were so many other places that we would – just you know be there remote doing something and of course the uh the infamous thirsty monk and the, the last the last time we had a show there so it was that, so bad it was so crappy it was so yes like i say that uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is just as we were wrapping up the uh hit the fan so to speak and uh let's just say let's just the floor say, let's they just, the floor let's just say they were a duty-free
1: shop <laughs> so <laughs> they were not a duty-free shop <laughs> this is, is a bit of a so uh you should go back and listen t- uh to that episode uh at uh cheeky monk and uh so what had happened is, is uh, basically a transient individual had c- come into the establishment and just made their way into the bathroom, but apparently didn't make it all the way. And part of, you know, their experience in there got trapped not only in their pants, but it got trapped on their shoe and they dragged crap all oh, the God. way through there. And um, so Whew. actually uh, Dave ended up stepping in it literally. And uh, it took us a little while to figure out what was going on, you know, uh, cause we were, we had just finished recording. I think when that had happened. So uh, I, I, th- I think that it was going on while we were actually recording but then we didn't uh, get wind of it literally you know, <laughs> until you know kind of the end of that well I I agree that was uh, that was a great experience here's mine and I, I I pulled this clip off to let everybody enjoy this so the setup on this was this episode was actually part of our summer series the summer of questionable decisions one of my top five episodes on all of the entire 10 seasons. And this was the episode featuring Boone's Farm Wine. And the, the interesting part about this is we were all supposed to talk about our experiences, you know, with Boone's Farm Wine. And uh, I had no, none of us had heard each other's stories in advance. And so the thing about this is the spontaneity of you talking about your coming of age story you know with Boone's farm so uh, here is that that story now
2: Aww. so Reverend mark when was <laughs> the uh,
1: when's the first time you had boone's farm
0: you don't want to hear this story oh no oh. that's <laughs> <laughs> I think we but do. But we, we do. Yeah, I this, this is an honest-to-goodness story, and, it, and, and Strawberry Hill was there, several <laughs> bottles. Yeah. I think maybe that bottle was there. Um, it's well-aged. I grew up on the river, in a van by the river. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but I did grow up on the river, and so my friends and I would make our way down there during the summer and, and fish quite a lot, and especially in the evenings. And some friends of ours from high school one afternoon introduced us to their uncle, Ray, <laughs> who had just been paroled from prison, by the way. Cool. And so Ray
1: So I just want to say that <laughs> at this point there should be a questionable parenting decision that kind of came into play because you were a, a dude at a van by the river that just got out of the got out of the joint whose name was Ray. And and none of the bells went off in anybody's head, going, maybe this is not such a good idea.
0: I would, yeah, I I was not raised by helicopter parents. <laughs> oh my god,
1: <laughs> let's hear the rest of
0: the story. <laughs> He's wow. a really nice guy. I and he, he was would,
2: <laughs> good introduction. <laughs> he won't over here and take some of these buildings farming me, boy. Hey, Mark, you want to come around here behind the bushes?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: no, none of that. He was, he, but he would come down like every every afternoon. I think he worked as a painter, so he had like white, you know, uh, all over. And he would have his styrofoam cooler. And before long, we got he got chummy with all of us, and. Really late one night, our parents thought we were camping, but we were actually on the river. With he had us drinking a lot of uh, Boone's Farm bottle after bottle, and we're getting kind of hungry. And there's not, nothing nothing to eat. No no crystals open. You know that that time of night. So we got to thinking, what can we do? So we had a Coleman cook stove, okay, and um, we started thinking, hey, Gail. The neighbor girl. She's got a rabbit. And no, so,
2: <laughs> dude, <laughs> you're right. I don't. You're on a river. A river. <laughs> There's fish in the river. We, I, that's we were, where I thought this we, was going to we, we happen. Yeah. Yeah. We, were,
0: we weren't catching any fish. Apparently. And so, anyway. Wow. Oh my God. And so, God, and so, Gail, we apologize. Yeah, and yeah. so, and so, she's probably been wondering <laughs> this whole time. <laughs> what a, oh, so God. God. Steve, Steve and Jack oh, got on God. the, got the on thing. his, his. Yamaha 60 went up to her house and uh, snatched little Trixie.
2: Trixie, Trixie, oh yeah. Trixie the rabbit, oh, and, and, and then Trixie Trixie's for kids. For kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> all along the way, we're we're becoming emboldened to commit our first act of homicide. Oh,
2: <laughs> <wow>. <laughs> Man, yeah. you farm together? courage. <laughs> I never envisioned this boots farm going. <laughs> this, this is not right. the narrative that I thought was going to happen. <laughs> you said hippies uh, and love <laughs> and stuff. <dude. laughs> I'm not. Uncle Ray, so, what are you doing? <laughs> and so
0: Ray showed us just how to kill and gut and, and fry this. Oh, uh, oh, and I'll never forget as we were drinking the Boone's Farm, we had to <laughs> cut little Trixie's head off and, oh. pull, <laughs> and put her on a pike. <laughs> and, and no, we threw it in the river, and our dog kept going in the river and bringing the head back. <laughs> 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 it's kind of like our conscience.
2: What is happening <laughs> <laughs>
1: The producers of Sip to Smokes want to thank you for turning in to this episode. This actually is a what? narrative, not an actual oh, true story, which you've heard. This we apologize is- if we have offended you with the with the words Trixie and Head or Dog have been retrieved. But we ask you to continue listening to the rest of this episode. Any and now, re- on with the show. Any resemblance to actual people, places, or events.
2: Or just rabbits named can we, take, can we taste the Strawberry <laughs> Hill? I want I to taste know. this rabbit blood. <laughs>
1: I think I miss it. It's a great story, oh but where God. was the Boone's Farm? <laughs> we were drinking Boone's Farm. That's what Unculted Courage.
0: That's that what that was that was, that that was was said, hey, yeah. so, what was her name? So, yeah. what,
2: so what none of Gail. you knew before. Gail. But hey, that's, not, that's how they knew Gail had tricks So what none
1: of you knew before is this episode is actually called To Catch a Killer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and there is no statue on limitation, a few limitations <laughs> not on, on a, rabbit killers. Rabbit.
1: <laughs> What a great uh part of everything that you you know bring to the show. And I it absolutely everybody was howling and I love Tim's reaction. He was like, What is happening? I mean, you know, he's like, you know, he's just he's just sitting there hearing all of that for the first time. So I love this because it is just it is so you. I mean you just You have so many colorful characters, you know, um, that you've been surrounded by, you know, in so many different settings. So you grew up in the Inglewood. Right. You know, part of Nashville. Nashville. And back
0: then it was a felony offense just growing up in East Nashville.
1: (laughs) 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 Well, you know, you've introduced us to so many moments, you know, from that time. But, you know, what's one of those experiences that we have yet to hear about? I mean, I, I know you've got a friend, a creepy neighbor, a, you know, a dog from the paper route that I've just, I've not heard that story yet.
0: Yeah. Oh gosh. There's so many great neighborhood stories. I mean, I, and and actually I'll take you right back down to the river where we took care of Trixie that night, but this is <laughs> another story because I spent so much time down there and I was uh, fishing with a, with a good friend, Carl, and it was late afternoon. It was in the summer and the ferry landing went straight you know, just on a just a, a pitch um, into the river where a, a ferry used to come, of course, and, and and cars would load on to go to the other side before the the bridge uh, went in in Nashville. So uh, there was a gravel drive that went into the river, and so we would we would fish off the edge of 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 the ramp because uh, you know we could get fish in the in the more shallow water sometimes, like bluegill and so forth. And as we were casting about, we were looking, you know, because it was kind of getting, starting to get a little dark. And we were started to look, and there was like this antenna sticking out of the water. And before long, we realized that there was a car out there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so somebody and, basically didn't know that if there's not the ferry there. You know, yep. that, that the road doesn't go underground. That's not the way you drive to the other yeah,
0: side. Yeah, so we had no idea. So we, we ran up the ramp, and there was a a, a man right, that lived right at the top of the ramp that overlooked the river. His name was Mr. Lackish. I'll never forget. Is
1: uh, he a friend of Ray's? I think they were <laughs> friends, yeah. And he Thank had kid. our he Come had our here. number. Let me teach you how to get some blue. <laughs>
0: so we said... Mr. Lack, is there's something's down there in the river. We think a car's down there, and so he called the police. And before long, when they came down and investigated, sure enough, there was a car. They called a wrecking a, a wrecker, and that that car was dredged up out of the river. And here it is the whole time we're reporting this, of course, and we're kind of hanging out down there. They really weren't taking a report from us, but they were down there because of us. And so we felt like we had a right to be there until they opened up the car and there was a dead guy in there.
2: (laughs) Wow. There
0: was, there was actual a dead guy in there. And so they were trying to get us to leave. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. in one hand and, you know, a a can of PBR in the other. We got a rabbit (laughs) plus one. (laughs) And so I'll never forget just, the the, that's the first time I'd never even been to a funeral where, you know, at least a body had been exposed, you know, and Mm. so that's the first time I ever saw a dead person. And it was like this swollen up guy you know, in a car. Hmm. So that's kind of a gross story, but I mean, that was, that was our neighborhood. I'm not saying he got
1: killed in our neighborhood. Well, I guess he did.
2: (laughs) Yes. He went down the ramp.
1: So did he, did he get like shot and somebody shoved him into the river or you think he just lost track and, and he thought the ferry was there. He was wasted and just drove into the river. You know,
0: I don't know what the final report on that was, what, what the forensics, uh, you know, came up with, but I'm sure Ray knew. Yeah. Ray probably did know. <laughs> so it was a great neighborhood, and of course, you know his music. It, back then, it was all the recording industry. I, uh, Roy Acuff was a neighbor. You know, just a lot of people that you grew up with who were 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 really unique, either in the arts or in you know doing interesting business work. And my dad was a traveling salesman, so you know, I I, I could say that. You know, even though my parents weren't always looking after me the way they should have, perhaps, that I had a really great life.
1: Yeah. And so uh, there were a lot of people that were lived in that part of town that were part of the music scene. It was a bedroom community, you know, in between Madison and Englewood. Um, And at that point in time, uh, the Opry was still downtown at the Ryman. Correct. And they were actually just in the process of actually building what would become Opryland as well as the new Grand Ole Opry um, about that time. And, uh, you know, they were actually in the process of um, changing, uh, you know, the way in which you navigated, you know, you were talking about the, there were actually two ferries that went, you know, across the river. One was upstream that was over Mm. in old Hickory. And and then there was, Another one that was downstream, down uh, downstream of the there was a dam, uh, mm-hmm. the old Hickory mm-hmm. Dam, right? And so um, dramatic, you know, change in in terms of the depth of the water as well as you know how much water you had to transverse, you know, between the two. But there weren't any bridges, you know, um, you know that that basically went in between the two. So um, yeah, I, I would imagine that you know you would have seen a lot of interesting things, uh, you know, besides just you know a car, you know, going through there, but. Yeah, I, I can imagine, you know, as as Opryland was building up, you know, they actually built that that bridge that is there now as, as part of Briley, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, so you would have seen all of that coming around.
0: But before they built up Opryland and then eventually the hotel, it was just open, great grazing land, and they were actually buffalo that had been brought over there. Really? I mean, they weren't indigenous at all. <laughs> Uh, but there was uh, Rudy's sausage. I was about
1: to say, was it on Rudy's farm? Yeah, was they the did, and thing? that
0: actually was were their buffalo, and I, I, they they just had some exotic purpose of having them there. They were, but they were grazing, and there weren't a lot of them, but there were a couple of buffalo. Wow,
1: yeah, interesting. Yeah, wow, I learned something new today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back after the break. Here, hey, welcome back to Sip, Suds and Smokes on today's chat episode. I'm here talking with Reverend Mark.
0: <laughs> and cars yeah. and cars and rivers. Cars and rivers and yeah. and death. I mean, it's they, these things keep, you know, common themes and mm. didn't really think about it until just now.
1: Well you swapped around to a different homebrew that uh Reverend Mark brought, which was a uh it's it is chai and ch- and cocoa nibs and you said you'd drop more cocoa powder on the flame out, right? Right. Yes, yeah, a
0: chocolate chai chipotle imperial milk stout um so at the end of the boil i would put in cocoa powder and then some cocoa nibs and i actually would then put in a second round of cocoa nibs uh into the secondary
1: hmm i think one of the surprising things about this is it actually does not finish out sweet you know i tend to think you know i'm looking for that very you know signature element of a milk stout that would Mm -hmm. just remind me that Mm -hmm. you know it's that and it's there but it's fairly muted i would describe it you know not in a bad way i'm just right saying. right
0: right and it's very high gravity so it's a little boozy you know once especially mm. once it starts
1: warming up yeah so <laughs> you i know you can't see this but i love reverend mark's transport vehicle for his homebrew or actually mason jars <laughs> <And> it's, just, <laughs> it's just about as southern as it gets yeah. you know it's yeah. like you know it's like how many things can you put in mason jars about a about a they uh, ten thousand eight hundred. Good growlers, you got CEO. a good seal on that, you know? And <laughs> you know <laughs> this is interesting. It's a little thick, you know, kind of on the on the palate a bit. Mm-hmm. Um I like probably what it's not, which is it's not overdone. I mean, mm-hmm. when you said chai, I mean the first thing that you know when somebody says that to me, I just am like, okay, prepare thyself, you know, for an invasion of spices. And I like that it's not that. It's not like some overdone thing where you just, the base beer got lost, you know, through all of it. So, and this is so you, you know, on a lot of things, not just beer, but just really have this great sense of, of taste and balance. And, you know, you're, you're not afraid to say, I think that's enough.
0: Yeah. 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 And you know my my dad was was very much a um, a food aficionado and liked to cook and 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 his whole and of course he didn't invent this but he he would always say less is more when it comes to spicing food so that's uh, when it comes to spices and beer that's kind of the way to go
1: <laughs> which is really you know quite the opposite of of my you know background which is my mom didn't believe in seasoning things I mean salt and pepper was just not a a, a hallmark you know i mean even to this day i still fought fight with my mom about seasoning up wow, food, you know wow. and unless it came out of a can or a package where she couldn't step in and influence it it was a, a lot of very bland food you know that uh, that i which just, i know it's mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. strange i mean how many meals have you know we had together that i've cooked or you've cooked you know and that's just so dramatically different you know yeah, um than yeah. than where we're at So it's, uh, but I I really, um, I love the beer. I'm going to give it a solid three. Very nice. Well, and it's been in
0: the, it's been in the fridge for quite
1: some time. So, yeah. yeah. All right. So we haven't gotten around. So tell us about your former day job. Okay. Yeah. My former day job.
2: Hallelujah.
1: Yeah.
0: Thank you, Jesus. I just retired um, as of July the 1st of this year after 41 years uh a full-time ministry with the United Methodist Church
1: banned once again oh i'm sorry the yeah. wrong <laughs> that too
0: <laughs> that's pretty amazing it is and and what's even more amazing is that you know for many people may not know how uh, the Methodists sort of deploy their ministers into churches in different places, but we're kind of like the army. You have a bishop just every year deciding where you're going to go. And so it's called itinerancy. And so for like th- the first 11 years of my ministry, I was just going from you know church to church. Sometimes you stay there two or three years uh, at the most, at least starting out. But then an opportunity came up that my bishop thought, there's no way you're going to want this, but I'm just going to mention it to you. And he mentioned a campus ministry. And it was like I had this great epiphany experience in his office. And I said, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but please get me an interview with their board. And so one thing led to another. The job was offered to me. And I truly found my calling inside my larger calling by going into higher education. So the last 29 of those 41 years, I've been in higher education in one form or another, either as a campus minister, I eventually became a university chaplain, and then I really finished out working for our our global office in higher education, and uh, it sort of imploded Uh, for other reasons than not me but the other pressures on it so uh, i was just given an opportunity let's just say to either retire or do other kinds of less than optimal things (laughs) So, I'm
1: gonna promote you into the into the brewery,
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, and so I've had a a really great life, and I love working with students and you know if I could boil boil it down and say, you know what did you do with students?" I did you know usually a lot of things, but if I said if I wanted to really you know narrow it down uh, to to kind of a thesis, I'd say, you know you're there to help students recover their religion or recover from their religion, you know. <laughs> 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 that is, some of them were there and they had you know, never really engaged with their faith personally. And so you kind of helped them hone in is there on that a and what they were involved be? with that. Yeah. <laughs> and beer. No, yeah. I, I did not drink with students. I will I, or to go palm. on the record, I did not drink, as, at least with undergraduates. I never would drink with them, even if they were legal drinking age. But we discussed all kinds of things about not just life in general but their lives and where they were going and i just i had a really great kind of front row seat into these young lives that were evolving into into just remarkable people and so no i'm i'm very very happy with the opportunities that i've had and i really didn't want to retire but i was able to and i have and i'm and i'm 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 liking it well you've
1: You've walked away with so many interesting stories, you know, as well uh, from that experience. And uh, we've had a lot of fun talking about uh, Methodist potluck dinners, you know, (laughs) because if there's anybody that's a world-class expert, it's you. yeah. And I'd love, you know, there was during one episode, I'm like, so Reverend Mark, who's a world-class expert in potluck, when you walk up to the potluck dinner, how are you how are you mapping out your plan about what you're going to eat and what you're going to try to avoid and what excuse you got to come up with? You know,
0: yeah, the the and green jello, the green jello salads. Yes, and, and and those church ladies are pretty much gone from this world now, but uh, certainly ate a lot of that. And you kind of have to scan the fellowship hall where people are eating, sitting down, and take note of who is connected to what food because. There are certain people that are going to ask you if you tried it and also what you thought. And you really, you know, you're on call. So you've got to say something... Typically positive.
2: Do you have my
1: salad? to yeah. I brought?
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Reverend Mark.
0: So it's just, it was tiny portions of a lot of stuff, usually, is what it came down to for me.
1: Mm, I managed to hit that grass uh, field <laughs> that you were sitting out on, right? You know, occasionally. It just happened to fall off my plate. I don't know what happened. And then I had like an 87-year-old
0: 80, woman uh, actually invite, invite me and my wife over for lunch after church one day. To only to serve us like uh, barely cooked, pretty much raw duck. <laughs> oh
1: my god! <laughs> we yeah. still had feathers on it. Yeah, or and, at least some feathers.
0: Now, and I s- swear, swear to you, this woman had this as 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 my grandmother used to say, a bean or bonnet about drinking of any kind. And so, no matter what you did, it didn't matter the circumstances. It was just a, you know a mortal sin. And I. I, I would hear her talk about it from time to time. And then, you know, I was a young kid, still in seminary. So I reminded her one Sunday, though, I said, I said, well, now you know that Jesus's first miracle was transforming water into wine at the wedding of Cana of Galilee in John's gospel. And this woman knew that she'd read her Bible and she thought about that for a second and she said, well, I know, but he shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: and so I went, oh my God. I said, so like it was the the, the takeaway from that was <laughs> if Jesus doesn't get away with it, you're not going to get away with it. <laughs> and I learned early on that there are some things that not even Jesus gets away with,
1: you know. <laughs> that's funny well that's a good segue for us talking about so with you and beer so i i have this vague recollection that somebody gave you a mr beer kit yeah <laughs> did they is that how you no, got no, into no,
0: beer no that's not how i got into oh, okay. it uh actually i got into it uh as i was starting for the very first time to you know, kind of wet my palate with craft beer, you know, that coming to Nashville in the early to mid nineties, and so I was, you know, just getting to know beer, and that coincided with me also getting into a doctoral program at a seminary in Decatur, Georgia, and so I would go there for uh, when classes were in session, and I'd actually stay on the campus. And oftentimes you'd be joined up with a roommate, like in a dorm. And so I was with this Presbyterian minister guy who was a brewer. I mean, he was a home brewer going way back into the day, back in the 80s. I have not heard this Yeah, and his name was Andy. And so the thing is, is that after we would have class and spend time in the library, we would go to the town square in Decatur to the most amazing tap room, and it's still one of my favorites in all the world. It's called the Brick Store. Yes, yeah, yeah, Brick it's, Store Pub. Yeah, yeah, the Brick Store. And this is back in the nineties.
1: They have a and Belgian bar on the they second. They do on the second store. They yeah. didn't
0: when we were going there, yeah. but then it, eventually they built that up. So I was getting introduced to all these great beers that were on tap and in their cellar, and then I started talking to him about brewing. And he said, "Well, I brew some," and I said, "Well, I." always thought I'd like to do it, but it seems to be really complicated. He goes, oh, no. He says, next time I'm here and we're here together, I'll bring you some equipment and some literature and help get you started. Wow. And so
1: that's actually how I got into it through a colleague, through a Presbyterian colleague. A Presbyterian colleague that introduced you to to brewing beer. Yes. I was (laughs) not even remotely close. Wow. Yeah. That's funny. Uh, So... Do you guys keep in touch at all over the years? I haven't
0: seen his the guy's name is Andy. I haven't seen Andy in a number of years, but he is kin to some people in in this area that are also ministers that I'm so every now and then if I'll run into to his his sister-in-law, I'll ask her how he's doing, you huh. know? So, I think he's he's up in he's still up in Georgia someplace. Mm-hmm.
1: So. Yeah. All right, so what's your favorite beer of all time and why? Oh,
0: no. There's so many. You know, I have to say that Course, I mentioned the Cellus thing. I, li- I like the Celeste Grand, Grand Cru going back in time, but that, that sort of changed since they've been bought out. I'll have to say, for not only sentimental purposes, but even this year and what they've done with it is just so nice. And it makes my year literally at the end of the year. And that's uh, the Sierra Nevada celebration. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it is my favorite. I could say, if I had to say, what is your favorite beer? Going back to the past, that really turns you on to something that was really just bright and, and and delicious, and you know makes you think of the holidays. And it's a it's a fresh hot beer. There are a lot of other great beers, but I'm just saying in terms of the continuity of my beer experience and my beer memory, that is certainly one that my my year is not complete unless I've bought at least a six pack, if not a case as soon as i see it
1: yeah it's uh that's one of those beers that's incredibly consistent you know yeah. and yet it's made you know it's a fresh hop beer so it tends to move around and and you know has some variation you know year over year but it is pretty amazing just to maintain that level of quality over such a long period of time yeah. and uh i i really uh I think that's uh, really amazing, you know, what uh, they've been able to keep that on, you know, as long as they have. And the thing that I know that's right around the corner is Bigfoot. Yeah. You know, it's going to be released, you know, probably, you know, right after that. And uh, I really enjoy, you know, that experience of enjoying, you know, Bigfoot as much as I do, you know, celebration, you know, for sure. So uh, I am going to blame you. I actually think (laughs) you uh, got me sucked into being a beer judge yeah and i'm still debating whether to think you're blaming you for that so <laughs> um so but the thing do you think that that's made you a better brewer
0: actually i would turn the question around and say that i think that i am um a better beer judge because i'm a brewer huh
1: interesting but but both they they they
0: both intersect
1: for sure mm. Well, we only have a few minutes here left, and I'm a huge fan of the late James Lipton from Actor Studio and always wish I could have answered uh, those closeout questions, but now it's your turn, you know, Okay. With, with these questions. So what's your favorite word? Artesian. Wow. I know, but that
0: means just simply a non-mechanized approach to dealing with quality ingredients. That's all it means. All right. So what's your least favorite word? exclusive that is pretending to be bigger and better than you are wow what turns you on well i have to say finding a life partner who shares your vocations Mm. and what turns you off people who are not liked by pets and children (laughs) (laughs) what sound or noise do you love uh, the bubbling of an airlock in the morning after you've pitched yeast into your fermenter. Oh,
1: man, that sucks.
0: <laughs> what sound or noise do you hate? Uh, big screens in public places when I've been trying all my day to get away from them. Ooh, What's your favorite curse word? The F word. Ooh, wow. You're going to go. And I got a whole story with y- that one, but we don't have, have time for that. So, What
1: profession other than your own would you have liked to have attempted?
0: I would like to do, if I could do it now, but I don't know if regulations would allow. I would love to be a food and beer truck guy. Oh <laughs> my god. What a way to finish. A up. food truck and a beer truck. But
1: I <laughs> Well, uh what a great conversation we've had today, Reverend Mark oh, man. It was uh, it was really good. I learned some new things about you, man that I didn't know. I got to I got to follow up with Steve, your uh, Presbyterian brewer guy. So. Yeah, 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 Andy. Andy, Andy I'm sorry, yeah. Andy. Yes. Yeah. Thank you, Andy. If you're out there, thank you. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you got to join us for this episode of Sip Sods and Smokes. We're going to wrap it up today.
2: Take it away on the post-roll, Drew. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you're listening to us online, do yourself a favor and tap. Just tap it in. The subscribe button. Give it a little tappy. Tap, tap, tap a The easiest way to listen to our show is to ask Siri, Alexa, Google, Uncle Larry, or whoever it is that talks to you on your phone, play podcast Sip, Suds, and Smokes. We love your feedback, and you can reach us at info at Our tasting notes flow out on Twitter and Instagram with our handle, at sipsudsandsmokes, and our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. You'll also be able to interact with the thousands millions and- of other fans on those social media platforms do us a favor take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online that's a big help to us and we get to see your feedback as well come back join us for another episode and keep on sipping.